Welcome to the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health. I'm your host, Dr. Rob. Today's podcast won't focus on any specific disease or any specific symptom. I won't solve any mysteries or suggest any new euphemisms for body functions. Instead, I'm going to turn my attention to a much smaller thing. Actually, it's about the smallest thing I could talk about. A single molecule. Actually, an element, a substance that is vital for life. It's a substance called calcium. Now, doctors order a lot of tests on their patients but they're often reluctant to share the results with them. The reason for this is that the interpretation of the lab results is really complicated, and truthfully, we don't want to spend all our time explaining what all those letters and numbers mean. But the fact is, more and more people are accessing their own test results and trying to figure out what they mean. I hope this podcast, and more like it to follow, will take a small step at reducing the confusion of patients and maybe even make those worried doctors happy. As hard as that seems. Calcium is an element, meaning it is a unique atom made up of certain number of protons and neutrons. Calcium is often combined with other elements to form molecules, but often acts on its own, doing its own calcium stuff in a way that only calcium can do. Now, in your body, calcium is one of the most plentiful elements because of one thing, bones. Bones, and teeth for that matter, get their strength from calcium. And so most of the calcium in your body is just sitting around in bones, keeping them strong. But it does much more than that, floating around in the bloodstream, helping other organs do what they need to do. One of the most important functions calcium does is to help the muscles contract, including the heart muscle. So the bottom line is, without calcium, you would be a dead pile of jelly. And you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Now, you have a certain amount of calcium in your bloodstream, but that level is actually not determined by the calcium that you eat. There are two kinds of cells in your bones that regulate your calcium level. One that breaks down bone to release calcium into your bloodstream when your blood calcium is low, and one that takes it out of the bloodstream and deposits it in the bone when the blood levels are high. These cells are regulated by a hormone called parathyroid hormone, which is put out, naturally, by the parathyroid glands. Parathyroid glands are not part of the thyroid, but they live in the same neighborhood. They're actually surrounded by the thyroid gland. The parathyroid puts out more hormone in response to low calcium levels, making the bones break down and release calcium in the blood. If the level is high, the parathyroid gland lowers hormone levels and reduces the breakdown of bone. So you can see how problems can happen. If you don't take in enough calcium, your body keeps the levels up by breaking down your bones. If this happens enough, the bones will get weak, fracturing easily. Another problem is that the parathyroid gland can get sick and put out too much hormone, breaking down the bone and raising calcium levels too high. This is a condition known as hyperparathyroidism. So what about the number on the blood test for calcium? What does that mean? And what does it mean if it's higher or low? Well, that's a little tricky. There are actually two types of calcium in the blood, one that is inactive and one that is active. The blood calcium level test measures the total calcium in the blood, which makes calcium levels tricky to interpret because the active level is far more important. Between a high calcium and a low calcium level, the most dangerous is a low level. 
As I said earlier, calcium is important for muscle contraction. A low blood calcium level can make muscles painfully contract, a condition called tetany. Tetany is very painful, but what is more dangerous is that the heart muscle doesn't function well. And that's why the parathyroid and the bones regulate calcium levels so carefully. Thankfully, tetany is rare. So what causes low calcium levels? Well, the most common cause of a low calcium level is medication, specifically high phosphate-containing medications, the most common of which are certain enemas and colon-cleansing medications. That is especially dangerous for people with kidney problems. There are a few rarer causes of low calcium, but I'll skip those for right now. The bottom line is this. Low calcium is dangerous, it causes significant muscle cramps, and it should not be ignored. Although, I doubt you would because tetany really hurts. But what about high calcium levels? A high calcium level is more common, but thankfully is much less dangerous. People don't usually have any symptoms for mild elevation of the calcium level. If the level goes high enough, it can cause some confusion, anxiety, constipation, and other nonspecific symptoms. The real danger is longer term, as a high calcium level can cause bone thinning and easy fracture. So what's the bottom line on calcium levels? Well, if you get them checked and they're normal, you don't have to worry. If it's low and you're not having any symptoms, ask your doctor why it's low. If it's high, then make sure that your doctor does check into it further, because that could mean that you have hyperparathyroidism. So when should people get the calcium levels checked? Fortunately, calcium is part of the most basic blood test, so it is checked often. But problems with calcium are rare enough that there really is no need for routine testing and no recommendation for that either. So what about calcium supplements? Well, in general, people get enough calcium in their diet that they don't need any extra. Dairy is the main source of calcium, but you can get it from other foods. Just ask the nutrition diva about that one. So what about the recommendations for women taking calcium? Current recommendations are that women near, in, or just after menopause should take 1,000 milligrams of calcium plus vitamin D every day, and those with inadequate intake should take 1,500 milligrams. Vitamin D helps the body absorb calcium and use it properly. There's one last issue that I need to touch on, and that is A recent study in the news suggesting that women taking calcium have an increased risk of heart disease. Now, I want to tell you the truth that this kind of study makes us doctors very, very mad at the scientists. It confuses our patients and makes life very difficult for us. I just want you to know it's only one study, and there are currently many studies that tell of the benefits of calcium supplements. So at the present time, I do recommend taking calcium but I'll keep my eye on those pesky scientists and change if the evidence sways me. That's actually how science works. If you have topics you want me to cover, send them to housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips.com or you can submit them to me on Twitter at housecalldoc or visit my Facebook page. Don't forget about my blog, Musings of a Distractible Mind at distractible.org. Let me once again remind you that this podcast is for informational purposes only. My goal is to add to your medical knowledge and translate some of that weird medical stuff you hear so that when you do go to your doctor, your visits will be more fruitful. I don't intend to replace your doctor. He or she is the only one you should always consult about your own medical condition. 
again. I am not your doctor. Please don't send me questions about your own medical conditions. I can't answer them. That's it for today. Catch you next time. Stay healthy. Thank you.